0: You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I know Kung Fu. Show me. I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Welcome to the John Weldon Show. Our topic today, the unshakable kingdom. I'm talking from Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter, well, I was gonna say I love Hebrews chapter 12, it's amazing. I, let me expand that. I love the book of Hebrews. I feel like it's such an overlooked, um, really misunderstood book and the entire book is comparing from the beginning to the end comparing jesus versus the mosaic covenant that's the actual comparison the whole time and yet uh people just kind of pick their way through it pull a few verses out, maybe make a little point, you know, the the word of God is a double-edged sword or they'll, they'll find something about rest, um, you know, labor to enter his rest and they'll, they'll pluck little verses out of it, but almost never do we see people actually take a chunk and really dig into it or go through the whole book of Hebrews. It's, it's so, I believe it's, it's, uh, even more profound than the Book of Revelation, and people spend lots of time on the Book of Revelation trying to understand symbols and, you know, the the, the predictions and what's going on there, and usually terribly. Uh, but people put tons of time into Revelation, and they completely ignore the Book of Hebrews. In my opinion, now I am going to. Um, Be jumping into Hebrews chapter 12. That's what uh, we're going to look at today. And the topic, the unshakable kingdom. All right. So thank you for joining me. Let's get into it. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 18. Now, this whole series of what I've been talking about is a contrast of the covenants the covenant of Moses versus the new covenant of Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews puts it in such an incredible way starting in verse 18 you have not come to a mountain that can be touched that is burning with fire to darkness gloom and storm to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words to those who heard it that they begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded if even an animal touches the mountain it must be stoned to death the sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. This is the picture that the writer of Hebrews is laying out for us of what it was like when Moses and the Israelites came to the physical mountain of Mount Sinai to make the Mosaic covenant with God. This is the picture he's laying out. And he's saying, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you have not come to a physical mountain that can be touched, covered with fire, and trumpet blasts, And it's so terrifying, even if the animals touch it, they have to be stoned to death, and even Moses himself is trembling with fear. The writer of Hebrews is about to make a contrast, and the first thing he's doing is saying, this new covenant, it's not that. Now he goes on, but you have come to Mount Zion, not Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And notice, heavenly Jerusalem, we talked about this in one of our last episodes uh, about in Galatians 4, that there's a contrast between, in Galatians 4, Paul says, the Jerusalem above and the present city of Jerusalem, which was the Jerusalem below, the physical, natural Jerusalem. Here again, we have the heavenly Jerusalem versus the mountain of fear and and on the present earth. He says, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Now joyful, not fearful. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Ah, so now it's not Moses that we're talking about, who's trembling with fear. It's Jesus, who is the mediator of the new covenant. And we come to his mountain, which is a joyful assembly. It's a very different situation. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Now, the blood of Abel, if you remember, he's killed by his brother Cain, and it says in Genesis that his blood cried out from the ground, that God heard his blood crying out from the ground. His word spoke a word of condemnation, a word of, I have been murdered, there's been unrighteousness, injustice has taken place. It is a word of judgment and condemnation. That is the blood of Abel. It says that jesus blood speaks a better word than the blood of abel now what would jesus blood speak it would speak the word forgiveness that's what jesus blood is actually speaking in contrast to the blood of abel which is speaking injustice on un- uh, violation condemnation uh, victimhood it's it's a completely different word that the blood of jesus speaks forgiveness see to it that you do not refuse him when he him who speaks if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven at that time at that time his voice shook the earth but now he has promised once more i will shake not only the earth but also the heavens all right so pausing here for a second At that time, speaking of at Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 20, when God spoke, his voice shook the earth. That's the first part. Then he says, but once more, now he's promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. This is where people get confused so often, and we hear modern preachers pick up this thing and they say, right now, if you look on CNN, you look at our politics, you look at the stock market, you look at the economy, you look at the wars, you look at the earthquakes, you look at the whatever, and they point to something in the modern day, in the moment, and they say, everything that can be shaken is being shaken, and only the kingdom is going to remain. Ah, That's not what this passage is saying. This passage is saying once more, not continually every time you read the newspaper and hear of crazy news 2,000 years from now, he's saying once more, everything will be shaken. And the only thing that remains is that which it cannot be shaken, which is the kingdom. The kingdom and the new covenant are the two unshakable things that remain. And he's saying, heaven and earth. I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now, earth and heaven, and I'm not going to go down this rabbit trail today. It's a whole nother topic for another day. But heaven and earth or earth and heaven in the New Testament in the first century 2000 years ago the jewish people understood when you said earth and heaven you are referring to the temple this was consistently understood in their culture and they had even as um you read in the book of revelation it talks about uh, the earth and the heavens and the sea see when you walked into the tabernacle or the temple the first place you would come to is the bronze laver which is a big bowl of water and that was called the sea. Then you'd walk into an inner court uh, that was uh, that had a dirt floor, and it represented the earth. And then you walked into the Holy of Holies, which was the inner chamber, and that represented heaven. And it had the Ark of the Covenant, and the walls had all the cherubim sewn into it. So you had these three stages of walking into, and it was the sea the earth and the heavens so the common term was heavens and earth so when you read in matthew 24 and jesus is predicting the 70 a.d destruction of jerusalem and destruction of the temple by the roman armies and he says this will happen within one generation he says it in 30 a.d and it happens at 70 a.d 40 years later which is one generation and he says the heavens and the earth will be shaken." That's what he's talking about when he talks about uh, heaven and earth will pass away. This is in uh, Matthew 5. Uh, I guess I'm going down the rabbit trail because we're, we're already here. But in Matthew chapter 5, he talks about not one jot or tittle of the law, which is not one period or comma of the law will pass away unless heaven and earth passes away. Now, If we don't understand the metaphor of heaven and earth, then we're going to be stuck in a paradigm that says not one comma of the law has passed away. Now, either you're still under 100% of the law, which means no shellfish, no bacon, you better observe the Sabbath, no mixed blend clothing, you're under 100% of the old covenant law. Or heaven and earth passed away. And if you read that passage like a modern, unaware, western believer 2,000 years later, you think, well, heaven and earth hasn't passed away. I'm still here. Well, then you're under 100% of the law. You are stuck under 100% of the law. Or heaven and earth passed away. And when you come to understand that heaven and earth was a metaphor in the first century for the temple system the sea the earth and the heavens that system passed away so what the writer of hebrews in this passage we're reading says is once more heaven and earth will be shaken and what cannot be shaken will remain now what got shaken jerusalem the temple the old covenant the mosaic covenant the jewish judaic covenant was shaken and what remained the new covenant kingdom of jesus is what remains and everything else was shattered even even to think in terms nowadays like the jewish people nowadays they do not have a temple they do not do animal sacrifice they do not travel to Jerusalem three times a year to do a religious celebration as they're instructed to do in the Old Testament. The modern Jewish religion is not the religion of Moses and the Old Testament. And we modern Christians are so confused about that. It's about as Christian as, as Mormonism versus Evangelical Christianity, like that's how different these two systems are. There's some flavor that looks the same. There's some practice some culture, some customs that look similar. But at the end of the day, modern uh, rabbinical Judaism centers around the rabbi, whereas Mosaic Judaism centered around the tabernacle and the instructions that God had actually given them to follow. So these are worlds apart. So what was shaken? Their heavens and earth were shaken. They were removed. And the only thing that remains is the kingdom. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that this is what's left. And so in verse 28, he says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship god acceptably with reverence and awe for our god is a consuming fire now he just spent the, all this time contrasting scary old testament mosaic covenant fire voice trembling fear all of that then he contrasts it with jesus and the blood that speaks a better word and joyful assembly and and paints this beautiful picture And then he ends it with, our God is a consuming fire. Well, that actually sounds more like the mosaic side. What's that about? Well, he's, because what he's doing here is he's predicting what's coming, the shaking of 70 AD that's going to literally consume the temple and the city of Jerusalem in fire, the conflagration, the burning of Jerusalem. And he's saying, God is that consuming fire who's gonna come and burn this system to the ground. Now, we also, if you go a little further, I'm jumping a chapter ahead, uh, but in Hebrews 13, verse 14, he makes another contrast, and he says, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. And again, we have that contrast between the heavenly Jerusalem, the Jerusalem above, and uh, the Jerusalem below, the present city of Jerusalem. And we looked at that over in Galatians 4 the other day. But here again, he says, we do not have an enduring city. Well, what's the not enduring city that he's talking about? It's Jerusalem that's about to be burned to the ground in 70 AD. We're looking for a city that is to come. That's the heavenly Jerusalem. And if you go back earlier in Hebrews, it talks about with Abraham that he was looking for a city whose builder and foundations were God. You remember that? That passage right there, uh, he's looking for the new covenant. That's the metaphor. Is Abraham was looking toward and for the new covenant. And so uh, that's it for today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having some coffee and some Bible time. Um, let me remind you guys, February is coming soon. Indestructible leaders. If you haven't gone and checked it out, uh, it is the first ever whole life Bible school. What do I mean by that? It's the whole better covenant Bible school as well as a partnership of coaches that have come together. And so there's a fitness coach, there's a finance coach, there's an emotional fortitude coach, and I am your faith coach. And so this program is coming in February. We'd love to have you come check it out. Uh, go to in, indestructibleleaders.com. Also, it's always super helpful for me, however you can share this. If you can take a minute, click like, share this out there put a comment you know whatever help me fight the algorithm and uh all that good stuff thank you guys for taking the time today and uh let's get this good news around bye guys truth be told i mm-hmm.